0: Let's go.
1: Okay. See,
2: I, I do get to see you this week. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: we are now rolling. This is the uh, the Poptimist podcast. And today we have uh, feature act Ben Lushka as a, as a co-host. And we have Kara Lipman and Val Lupeska of Kara Being Blue. Thank you for coming on. How are you guys doing today? Dude, Awesome. Doing Great fantastic. to be here
0: with you Taylor, thanks for inviting us.
1: Yeah, man. I'm excited you. for you to be on. Um, for starters, can you plug all of your social media stuff? That way people can know where to find you, how to find the jam, Tuesday nights at the country, all that good stuff.
0: Kara, yeah. Sure. So the band name is Kara Being Blue, C-A-R-A, being as in a human being in the color blue. And you can find us on Instagram at Caribbean Blue, Twitter at Caribbean Blue, Facebook, Caribbean Blue Facebook page. And we also run the Tuesday Night Pro Blues Jam at the Country Nashville. And there is a separate Tuesday Night Pro Blues Jam at the Country Nashville Facebook page as well.
1: Fantastic. Um, well, let's just get, uh, get right down to business. Um, I have a question from David Abdo, for starters. He wants to know, who is the sexiest member of your band?
0: <laughs> this is why I don't mic my bass player. <laughs> David Abdo is my bass, our bass player, yeah. and he's a phenomenal, phenomenal player, and a, just a great guy. Cool hang. Um, I think he's probably the sexiest in the band just by nature of his sense of humor,
1: well, he said, if you guys didn't say that, he was going to quit. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, so, yeah I, I know,
1: I have to play bass. I should, I should have thrown him under the bus. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, uh, we were kind of getting started uh, a little bit and warming up before we turned on the, turned on the mics. Um, we were talking a little bit about the jam and kind of uh, how everything, kind of like your mentality and what you do with it. Uh, so I was kind of curious to see how it originally got started. How did the jam get started?
0: Great question. It's a beautiful love story. <laughs> I came to Nashville in 2008, sight unseen, had no idea what I was doing, didn't know who the people were, how to get involved in the industry. I just thought I'm going to move to Nashville. And even if I can't do music, I'll be around it. And so I found a songwriter meetup. I was involved with an Americana band through that for several years. And then Uh, Just through Facebook connections, I hooked up with who is now my Metro Councilman for Donaldson, Jeff Syracuse. And I had gone to a show to see Cree Harrison, who was number two on American Idol that year. That girl ripped up Thurden Lindsley, and I made a Facebook post that said, I miss tearing up a stage. I want to do blues. There's blues in Nashville. I was so excited. Because I thought there was nothing about country and Christian music in the area. And Jeff Syracuse said, we have a jam every Monday at Bourbon Street Boogie and Blues Bar. You should come play. I'm like, what? Where? What? Who? So that very next week, I went out. I met Jeff. I met Marky e. Blue. I met the Andy T. McNixon Band. They welcomed me. I felt very invited and like I had instant friends. They wanted me to sing and I was terrified. I didn't remember my blues chops after five years of not doing blues. I had been in a blues band in Boston where I'm from. And so I went home, I studied up, I wrote down my keys and and remembered, because I didn't know how to lead a band. I always had a a ready-made band that knew what they were doing, so that's one of the things that I learned through jamming, one of the skills. So for Three and a half years straight, I went to every single jam and show that I could. I sat in with people, I talked to people, I networked, tried to figure out, you know, what are the songs and what are the styles and how do you, you know, lead with your hands and what's the numbering system and, you know, I failed music theory. Like, I'm, I'm just a singer, air quotes, you know, I'm a vocalist, um, the musician stuff doesn't come naturally to me, so, um, after three and a half years of that, um, I had my 40th birthday party, and it was a huge jam session, it was 75 people jamming out at a little bar, Baker Bar in Hermitage, and after it was over, the bar manager said, you know, we really miss having a jam here, because I used to go jam there, and I said, well, i could lead a jam, and they said, well, let's give you a few dates and we'll try it out. So in November of 2014, uh, we did three jams. We had about 35 to 50 people all three nights, and then they decided they didn't want to pay a band on Thursday nights. So I put it out to the business community, the bar managers that I was familiar with, some popular bars that I would seen other people play at. And the country national said, we would love to have a jam. We've been talking about having a jam, and we really like your work ethic. You've got proven work ethic. That's key. We'll probably talk about that later. And so it was born, and I, I built it. I went to all of my inner jam circle guy friends I'm usually the token female at these things, and I said, what are the issues? Why don't you jam? What prevents you from going out all the time, like I do? And they said, it's too loud, house band plays too long, it's in the middle of nowhere, there's no parking, I don't know who I'm playing with, when I'm playing, if I'm playing, and I there's, I don't get anything out of it, and I said, I'm going to solve for all of those issues. So I did.
1: There's parking. So, there's most, parking. The most important part maybe <laughs> out of all of that in there Nashville. There is parking.
0: So that's really what came together. And, you know, I'm an executive assistant by day because music doesn't pay my bills. And I took those organizational skills to make my famous sign-up sheet that lists out, you know, two guitars and vocalist and bass, drums, keys, and horn, harp, other And it allows people to know in advance who they're playing with, when they're playing approximately, and if they're playing. If I have 12 drummers show up, some of them aren't going to be able to play that night. And that's okay to me. Some of them will just hang. Some of them will, you know, come back in the following week. It's a new rule where if you didn't get on the previous week, you can have dibs for the next week. So try to be, you know, equitable in that
1: Well, that's what I would really say about the jam that I've personally always experienced is that you're very fair in the way that you run it. Like, there have been plenty of times, even on stage with you, where I've completely ate shit. (laughs) And you have have always had me back. Like, no questions asked. Like, always happy to see me, always give me a hug. Like, how's it going? Very welcoming vibe at the jam. And that's why I think a lot of people, a lot of the musicians who are there regularly want to be there, is because... And, cell phones going on. and now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> yeah, a word, from, a word from our sponsors. Um, but yeah, it, there's just a, a good vibe in general there, and it really feels like a place that we can learn. Um, I know for me, it's it's it feels good to know that I can potentially go up somewhere, and I can mess up, um, and that. I'll still be had back the, the next week. Um, and like my, my, my personal story of, of a time that I've just completely ate it was um, we were, it was me, uh, shout out to Grady Clark, he was also playing, yeah. and yes. shout out to Alex Walls. I can't remember, it might have actually been Matt who was the drummer on that, but we didn't have a singer, because the, the, the three of us like playing together, we always have a lot of yeah. fun playing together, that's another great thing about the jams, you, you make friends, um, and we went up. We didn't have a singer. So Kara came up.
0: And... <laughs> I don't really like doing. I don't like to be a my Cog at my old jam.
1: Yeah. And what what had happened, that particular week, it was actually the week of uh, Stanley Cup Finals. So I work a day job, and then I also work down at Bridgestone Arena at night. So I had been at running on empty for the past couple of days, and I remember sitting sitting on my couch practicing, thinking, like, maybe I should stay home tonight because I'm not really feeling it. I'm feeling kind of tired. <laughs> oh. And... We got through the first two songs, they were just normal, you know, it was fine, and then we got through the third one, and it was a slow blues, and when you counted it off, my ears were just completely off, I didn't listen, I was playing, like, double time, and you were throwing up the signs to me, like, one, four, (laughs) five, one, four, five, and you know what, and you even covered for me, like, you were like, sometimes, like, we don't communicate well on stage or whatever, but you completely... Uh, basically just uh, made it sound like it wasn't my fault and just made it sound like there was a miscommunication issue on the stage and that I mean you know it's really touching like I'm a young musician I'm here in town just trying to trying to hone my my skills and you give people a chance to do that was there someone who put that mentality in you or was it through your experience at Bourbon Street playing with all those people that you mentioned Or, or how did how did that mentality kind of Take hold at your jam.
0: We were all you once. We all came from somewhere. I've spent many nights fretting over my pitch on stage and being very embarrassed. So we know what it's like to have a bad night. And there's a difference between somebody who has a bad night which is uncharacteristic, and then people who probably should spend some money and time on lessons. So there's a little bit of a difference there. Um, As an educator and as someone who's been in corporate America, it is a leader's job to resource the people they serve as a leader to be successful. So if I expect that you're going to come out of the jam as a successful bass player. I need to equip you to do that. So it doesn't do anything for me to um, embarrass or berate or, you know, even blow sunshine, you know? It's honest, critical feedback is a goal. It was given to me at various jams, solicited and unsolicited, but it was constructive for the most part. So that is the goal of the jam, is that it is a learning environment. And I'm just tickled to death that it is. I I love that. Some of the feedback, Tyler Peck, who's a drummer that comes, said, you know, my favorite thing about this jam is that I come and I learn something. And that really touched me. And I'm grateful to hear you echo that sentiment.
2: For sure. Absolutely. Also, like, with Nashville, it's a very welcoming town. There's definitely a friendly vibe. It is a competitive town. And I'll say that um, it's it's a fairly competitive town. People will give you a chance, yeah. and sometimes multiple chances. So I think from the get-go, we wanted to make sure that the jam had a, ser- a sense of community, like a family vibe, where people would be comfortable to come. And as long as they were willing to grow and develop, then they were going to be cool. So I think that was th- that's one of the things that... You know, it's, it's encouraging to see people come back, to see people's progress. Yeah. And it's the jam's really about the, the people coming, not so much about us, because we do it really short, you know, for the people that have not been to our Tuesday Night Jam, we play a very short set, sometimes only 20 minutes. Yeah. Because of previous, sometimes there's a delay getting on stage for whatever unforeseen circumstances. So, we're, you know, it's really, we do our thing, and then it's really about all our guests. So to make, and our goal is to make the guests want to come back to have a great time so it's it's a package it's a full experience so I think that because it's such an experience that can grow into other things too you know like Tyler uh, grew out of that experience other people have grown other people have started bands out of that experience Um, so I think it's as long as we stay focused on that and making it about the communal experience and about growing you know people always want to be part of that family well, I call it our, our jam yeah, fam I really, yeah i
0: really i love sure. that jam fam idea and i love that you called the players guests mm-hmm. because they yeah. are they are coming into it's not my house it's not our house but it's you know we're the hosts yeah. of guests and that idea of customer service it is a service and i absolutely love that projects come out of this, relationships come out of this, you know, people, you know, learning new skills and networking with people. You actually told us a story earlier about getting on a recording project because of the jam. Yeah. And that's what I experienced at other jams and that's why jamming in general is such an important service to the music community in Nashville. Where when you go out to jam, and and that's why I do so much social media, people who aren't familiar with our social media pages will find every week I put up as many photos and clips as I can, because I want people to be able to use that as a resource, also as a historical register of what we did in this time period, which yes. is cool for me, that you know this is this is what's happening. These who these players are if you're looking for a sub bass, if you're looking for someone to do some tasty guitar licks, if you're looking for a killer drummer for a project that's it's a resource it's a yeah. you know the the band player hookup place for musical projects and so many have been birthed out of that. That's probably my greatest pride point aside from the the teaching learning, aspect?
1: Well, I think it's really great how you know you can have someone like me or Ben play with someone who is actually doing it for a living because we obviously want to do this for a living. We're not quite there yet. Like we're, we're making progress, trying to chip away at it and everything like that. And there, there have been players that I've gotten to personally play with who are A-level who normally I wouldn't have been in that circumstance. Like If I just would have seen them out on the street, they wouldn't have wanted anything to do with me. But if you put it, I would say what the country is great at and what you guys are great at as far as the jam goes is putting people in context and like kind of having an insight and knowing, okay, let's let's do it. Um, for me personally, there's been a lot of growth in my playing. I remember the first time that I came out to play. It was actually through Dale Hunter. I was working with <laughs> okay. him. Dale's uh, a great yeah.
0: piano organ player. Yeah,
1: shout singer. out to Dale. Dale, I love Ooh, you. We love you. Um, but yeah, he, I didn't know anyone. I, I was like, I, I've been in Nashville for maybe nine months. Oh and gosh, I, had, I
0: remember him bringing you now. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: I remember I came up to you and it I was, was, I was dying. so afraid because Aww. I was like, I've never played in Nashville before. That was, that was my first time ever playing on stage oh in Nashville was at, at your guys' show. Oh gym. my gosh. That's so
2: cool. Yeah.
1: So it was like Dale, all Dale asked me was like, can you hack a 12 bar blues? And I said, yeah, I can do that. And he's like, great, go out. And <laughs> I went up to you, and you had the sign-in sheet, and you asked me if I was a professional, and I didn't know what to say. I was like, uh, 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 because <laughs> it was my first time literally playing out in Nashville, and I was like, uh, Dale told me to come, and, and you were like, great, and then you yeah. just wrote me reference. down. And like, yeah.
0: A reference is good, and yeah. you told me that Ben could play, so, yeah. you know, I, I, I and the, the reason why I ask is it is a professional musicians jam it's a little different than the other open jams that are around town in that the goal of this professional jam is that people get work out of it so if you're not a working musician then you're essentially taking a spot away from somebody who might be able to capitalize on the experience to get paid work out of it Also, you come to expect a certain level of expertise when you're on stage. Also transitions, on and off, in terms of leading music. Um, Pro players want to play with pro players. And so that's why we try to keep the consistent product. There's only been a couple times where I've asked non-professional players to sub out. And um, generally, you know, the feedback is that um, people want to play with people on their level. So that's, you know, that's tough being the boss of that you know particular initiative and in, in enforcing that. Obviously, I don't like doing that. Um,
1: you have a standard that you're trying to there hold there. There is a standard
0: to. that is not just self-serving. It's serving the community. And that's why I ask up front, are you a professional player? If you are a professional player... You know, this is the expectation. And generally, the attitudes of those folks are, if they do have a bad night, like we were talking mm-hmm. about before, they're the first to self-deprecate and say, oh my gosh, I yep. I just blew it. And you know that they're going to go home and woodshed until they yes. perfect that and come back with a renewed sense and, and get a victory out of that and come back and be successful. So that's definitely the attitude and the experience that we're looking for and that's the attitude that has the best time there so I say in my frequently asked questions page on the jam Facebook page you know that your attitude determines your level of fun so generally speaking it's a cool hang because we've got you know cool people with cool attitudes and and you know they know that if they make a mistake they're probably going to be supported and you know that their efforts to get better at what they do is going to be welcomed and supported and encouraged by other people. Because, again, we've all been there. We've all been winners.
2: what I want to do, to, to, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to put a skeptic's point in here because people are going to say, well, it sounds like you guys are painting a really rosy picture of the supportive environment for only pros to play and, you know, how, am I, how are you going to know if I'm a pro, if I tell I'm a pro, what if I'm not a pro and I go up there and completely butcher it? Well, we give you a chance as a fair, like, yeah. you're telling us you're pro. We're going to take it your word. And when I say pro, I don't mean you have to be playing for a living. Right. You just have to be at a certain caliber where you can perform these songs for the idiom. Like, we're playing blues. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to play blues. But if, as long as you know the, the blues vocabulary as a guitar player, you're familiar with the standards. You know about Albert King, Freddie King, BB, Buddy Guy. You can hang. You can play a 12-bar blues in time professionally or where it sounds good, you know? So that that's really what we mean, is, is can you can step on the stage with confidence, execute confidently. And because it is Nashville, it's not just anywhere USA. Nashville is a, a place where, especially now, it's one of the few places you can hear live music at a very high level. And that's rare. So you do have a concentration of great players, great drummers, bass players, guitar players, therefore... You know, in this city, if you say if you're a professional, even if you're not working as a professional, your skills are going to be very high. That's so a good point. it would give you a fair chance. You're going to, you know, and then it's again... It's your,
0: your foot to shoot, is what I say. Exactly, <laughs> yeah.
2: So, you know, and, and sometimes we get cats that come up that say they're professional, and but they may not be, but we try to be fair. Like, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm out there listening, I'm like, well, oh, this is all right. It's not great. <laughs> but at the same token, I this this is also about growing to some point like if if i if i see the same people like being at the same level where it's kind of eh, and that's it's all right all the time I'm, i may be like let's what can we do to make this better for you would you want to try a different song a different vibe different style is this your main instrument because we got guys here that are drummers bass players and guitar players equally in, on, you know, like you, we have certain people that come to our jam that do all things really well. Yeah. And we have others that may be primarily a bass player, but they play guitar, so they're co- sitting on a round on guitar, and it's not that happened. And I asked them, well, well, I really play bass. And I'm like, well, cool, let's have you on bass, because that's what you're stronger
1: at. Sure.
0: And then at the end of the day, you said something interesting um, about, you know, going away. At the end of the day, I, I want people to come back. Yeah. I want them to come back, I want them to champion their experience, I want them to have a good time, and I find that people that go week after week and don't show improvement eventually mm-hmm. drop off, and they don't come back, and they say, well, I'm in a rut, or I I need to practice more, and that's self-determined. We don't tell people that, they just no. say, you know, I'm kind of having the same not so fun experience, maybe I need to kind of tweak some areas before I come back. You know, then we see them a couple months down the road, and we're like, wow, like, oh my gosh, you know, you've you've been, you know, practicing your stuff. Sounds I right. was one of I was one
1: of those people at one point. So when I, I remember when I first started coming out to the jam, I came out sporadically, and then I disappeared for a while because I was like, I gotta, I gotta work on <laughs> some stuff. Uh, just because I remember the first time when I played, um, it was so overwhelming. Like, I could... I couldn't even nail, like, a walk-up on a 12-bar blues. <laughs> but I was like, okay, I need to go away for a while and kind of figure things out. And um, eventually I came back. I was like, okay. There was, a, there was a point in time, really, it was over this past summer, where basically I try and break my life down into four quarters. Like, I'm running, running a business. I try and run my life like a business. And I try and set small goals. Like, one of the goals was play out 13 times at a jam. And that was that was the country. So every – there's – on my Facebook wall – Every single week you had a picture of me. And you're like, <laughs> and you like evidence.
0: Would, yeah, <laughs> evidence
1: that I, w- I was there. And um, I remember like halfway through that, you were like, "Taylor, turn around." Because oh I'm always gosh. looking at the oh, drummer.
0: No. Oh my gosh, I was always taking pictures of your hind part.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm always like facing the drummer, <laughs> yeah. trying to groove with them, and I didn't even I didn't even think to to, to ever turn around and like face the this audience. Is,
0: and that's part of being yeah. a professional player is you are putting on a show. Yeah, and you know it's a it's a it's a wonderful thing that you you know had the have goals like that in mind for yourself. That is a hallmark. Of a professional player, also is that drive, that motivation. We were talking earlier about this the grind. You know, this is it's a, a grind. 10 year town. Yeah. It takes you 10 you have to love years the grind. to, and you do, you have to have passion for it, otherwise, it's gonna be brutal no. and you're not gonna, yeah. you're gonna quit. Because it takes you that long to develop the skill to the caliber that Val was discussing. And that's also one of the reasons why we put all that social media out there. You know, hey, you want to move to Nashville and be a guitar player? Well, here's your competition, just so you know. It is supply and demand in this town. And that's why we all work day jobs. Because anybody will play for free in this town because they can for exposure. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit with my... Special guests. My special guests play for free um, for exposure. And what the exposure is, I've started sharing the metrics with them on the posts that I make about them every week. There's one that comes out Thursday mornings, and there's one that comes out Tuesday mornings. Consistency. Morning jam. Consistency.
1: Like Bill Belichick. Consistency.
0: Be- oh, see, now we're talking Boston, but you know. Okay, I won't go there. But <clears throat> you have... Um, these posts that go out that you know are a recap of the previous week's jam and a little snippet of the next guest and then the following week it's all about that guest and um those posts get seen by now because I've built this over time um, with my own effort uh between 3,300 and 8,000 people and it's not just people it's Fans and friends of the blues, it's people in the blues music world industry, and they're just people in the general music industry who have learned, oh, this is the corner of the market for young, very talented musicians. I better pay attention to this, because this is a resource. Um, So I'm very proud of that, and that's also why I don't repeat guests. So you'll look through the last two years of, of Jammers, we've had over a hundred different people and people who are very famous (laughs) ask me if they could be a repeat guest and I have to tell them no. And it's not because I want to exclude anyone. It's because I want to include as many people as possible. So coming in 2018, we're going to start repeating year one guests. So that's pretty exciting. It's kind of staggered out. Yeah, like where, what have these people been doing in two years and how has their artistry changed over the last two years? How have they grown in their own things since we haven't seen them or heard them or put a spotlight on them? And it's interesting to see how many projects are not together anymore, how many people don't live in town anymore. Yes. It changes, it It changes changes drastically. It's a very booming town, but to find your place, a jam is a great place to find relevance. Because, especially at this one, and, and, and again, it goes back to why I do all the social media. I want people to see your name repeatedly, week after week. I want them to see your face. I want them to see your vibe when you're playing. That's why I want you to turn around on yeah, the camera. Yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> I'm bad at that. <laughs> progress, progress. Yeah, progress. progress. Yeah, That's exactly. Your quarterly goals. Yeah, goal, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Turn around. I, turn around. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it's so important to, to kind of to set those goals. Into into try and make that progress. And we were kind of talking about this earlier is that oftentimes it feels like you're really alone here in town and that you're alone on this journey and you are in a lot of ways. I don't think that's a negative thing because you have to really learn to rely on yourself when you get here. Yeah. But there, kind of what you were saying um, just a minute ago is that there are people here who I'm, I'm, I met at the jam that I'm friends with on Facebook that, like, they're here for six months, they're here for a year, they're here for, for two years. And then they leave and come back like I've been here for two years now, and I feel like I'm like an old dog now here in Nashville <laughs> because the the turnaround is oh yeah is so crazy and, and the fact that it is a grind, I think discourages a lot of people
0: it is very challenging, and it goes back to what we said before you you really have to really love it yeah, and that's one of the, the greatest compliments I've gotten about our band is that people say. It just looks like you're having so much fun, like you really love what you're doing. Well, shoot, I mean, if I loved housework, you know, (laughs) I mean, it's a, it's you, there's so many rejections on so many levels day after day from, you know, music, from, you know, the type of music you do, what you look like, your clothes. Um, I had a friend go out to uh, L.A. to start playing uh, jams out there, um, try to make a go in the L.A. music industry, and he was going to a jam. And great player. And after a couple weeks, they said, you know, we really like your playing, but we don't like what you look like. We don't like how you dress.
1: That's cold-blooded.
0: And I... (laughs) I was shocked for him because that's not generally the reception or criteria for rejection that you'll get at a jam. You might get it from a record company.
1: Sure, They buy yeah.
0: audiences. They don't necessarily buy talent. Art. Yeah. Or art. Yeah. They want people who have money to buy the stuff. So, what are those people with the money going to spend their money on? Young, cute boys that play ridiculous guitar.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or, you know, boy band, great vocals, or whatever. There is a lot of support though for indie music and that's, you know, going back to the exposure piece, so many of the people that follow the Caribbean Blue stuff and the Tuesday Pro Blues Jam stuff are radio DJs. Indie blues shows from all over the globe. All over the globe. And they are looking out for new music to play because they their passion is bringing exposure to new artists. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of all in it together because it's a, it's a little bit of an unsung genre. Um, we only have so much support in the commercial market. There are some great crossovers. Um, you know, Kev Moe's done great and Joe Moss has done great. Um, so the, there are champions that have, you know, Eric Clapton, you know, B.B. King, those are recognizable sure, yeah. names, but there are so many tremendous artists that don't have, a, literally don't have a stage to show their stuff off, and that's sort of the idea behind the Pro Jam. If you are an artist, we want to show you off to people, because really, <laughs> one of my motivations is, and I say this all the time, and it's kind of tongue in cheek, but I don't have kids. But I feel like y'all are my kids. I want... I'm like the, you know, hashtag faux stage mom. I want people to know how much effort and drive and passion. And that lone wolf thing you were talking about, the type of kids... And I call you kids because i got like 20 years on you. You know, the type of people that come here to do that are survivalists. They're willing to yes. live on a couch or eat 99 cent pizzas or peanut butter every day so that they can do this it is a huge sacrifice they leave their families they leave their friends, their significant others they leave jobs just to give it a shot and actually that's another cool thing that happens at the jam sometimes too is when a new player comes into town and mom and dad come along to the Mm jam to listen Mm -hmm. it's happened on more been one occasion where that parent will approach me and say take care of my baby yeah i would not do anything to you know harm that request and I, i feel like if parents see oh This person seems like she knows what she's doing. And she's a nice person. I feel a little better about dropping my child off in a strange city. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think if I had come here and right off the bat had met people that, you know, welcomed me and taught me stuff. You know, I, I might be in a different place. It took longer for me to find that. But I did. Marky Blue, she let me sit in at every single show that I went to. I played... Huge stages with her because she believed in what I was doing. And that even happened for me back in Boston. That was uh, the, my mentor, Shirley Lewis, the regal queen of the blues of Boston. We lost her a couple years ago. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's amazing. And she had this attitude of, of sharing this music and she brought out She gave me permission to emote with soul in music. And, you know, as a white girl, you know, I didn't really feel like I was kind of allowed to do that. But she encouraged me and brought that out. Marky encouraged me and brought things out. And you you just, once you've experienced that, you can't help but want to do that for other people. And you're even doing that now, too, with your podcast. Sharing what other people, it's like a, it's paying it forward. Yeah. At the end of the day, I Yeah,
1: think. I think it's it's really important to remember, you know, going back to what I was, I was saying earlier, is like we all are kind of lone wolves in a way, but really we're all in this together. And I yeah. think Nashville is super competitive yeah. a lot of the time, and there is kind of this cutthroat vibe here um, that will push you to grow and push you to move forward. But um, I think there's something to be said for the fact that we get on stage to play together, it's like yes. other forms of art, you know, like uh, stand-up comedy or something like that. You're out there on stage. You're completely alone. But as far as music goes, I think the easy thing and the hard thing about it is multiple people are involved.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, for, uh, for kind of what we do, in the jams and everything like that, it's like being a bass player. I just can't go up there by myself and, and solo. No <laughs> one wants could. to hear that. Yeah,
0: you could. There are people that you know. There are people
1: who do it. are
0: <laughs> people are very good at it. Dude. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I think
1: for for me though, it's just like it's so important for me to be able to play with like good drummers. Mm-hmm. And the jam always has great drummers. And I think that that's what makes or usually breaks a, a, a jam is like the rhythm section. It does. And, and like how. So important. And how, if they're, like, able to follow cues, if they're able to adapt.
0: That is, that's the, that's where my biggest jam train wrecks have been. You know, aside from me completely screwing up the words or, you know, saying a bad word on stage or embarrassing myself, tripping over stuff. Like, I'm not very graceful, so, you know, awkward Kara, you know, is often, you know, her own worst enemy, you know, but... Definitely a rhythm section following cues. And I tend to signal like an airline
1: stewardess. You know, Here's the exit. You do exit this give
0: this way. You do
1: give like clear-cut cues. Was that was that something you had to have explained to you? Or was that something you learned over time? Or how did you I develop watched, that? I, I watched
0: oh, other people and Sean Murphy just oh, she leads a band with her whole body. And <laughs> I I watch her and I take notes. There's a lot of people that I watch and I take notes. Another reason to go to a jam because it's more than just a show. You're seeing, mm-hmm. you know, 50, 60 inspired professional players, right?
1: People and their, their abilities yeah. and their, their traits and stuff. And you take it and build upon it or acquire, just, just get inspired, like you said. Yeah. You watch somebody else and... Hmm. Make sure you want to go well, home and practice,
0: know. especially Sean Murphy. Like I just, she just blew me away. She blows me away every time. I mean, she's yeah. a jaw, draw, draw I can't even speak. Jaw dropping artist. She, you know, for those of the who don't know her, because she's very unsung. Um, she started her career with Meatloaf. She went on the field, went on the on tour with Bruce Hornsby and. Um, Eric Clapton and Bob Seger just a phenomenal career she led Little Feet for 15 years um, as a vocalist and I mean her resume trumps every person in the room combined <laughs> basically yeah. so a she true comes out you know, uh, like a real actual professional musician right so when she comes out I'm 100% attentive on what she's doing so learning those cues picking them up and also you know I failed music theory like I stink I it's the only class I have ever failed I'm really just a singer but um that's why I made Val my band leader <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I trust him implicitly and he knows all that jazzy stuff that I don't know and um you know, but I had to get some ability to know where a song was going to communicate, like you were saying before, we're all in this together, to tell y'all where the turnaround is or yeah. even what a turnaround is or if it's a standard five four one or a six two five, you know, there's there's they're gonna be different and to learn that Nashville numbering system, which I don't think we've talked about, um To learn your musician's instrumentalist's vocabulary, the language around it, Mm -hmm. um, I picked up gradually over time at jams. I mean, I barely knew what key the songs were in that I sang at early jams. Very, And I would forget, and I'd be like, well, I can't do that, because I don't remember what key I do it in. And you don't want to guess at those (laughs) things! (laughs) Val Val corrects me, he always knows what they are now, so... uh, you know, I I'm very lucky that I have sort of a push button answer for <laughs> for things now. Um it wasn't always. Well, you know the so. thing with
2: with uh, you know, and thanks thanks for that care. I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the props. I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> um, you more I want to talk about a couple of things. One of us going to pertain to the musical thing and accuse cues and ch- and I also want to talk about the Nashville grind. But um I think it's super important it's, As Kara stated, like to know how to conduct the band. You're basically a conductor up there. And you have to, sometimes, cue stops. So we do some blues where you stop on a downbeat of the first beat of the verse. And everyone has to be aware. So sometimes you do have to... You know, bring it, you have to make a visible cue that everybody can see. <laughs> yeah. and, You're like, sort
0: <laughs> stop playing!
2: And sometimes, it's, you know, even though it may be just a simple 1-4-5, sometimes it's not. Sometimes there's a major 2 chord, or the turnaround's different, and, and, some, and I've seen Sean cue that, you know, and she will look at you and cue it, you know. And, 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 and I'm, I'm throwing my fingers up in the air for those who you would don't know, the national number system is basically uh, functional harmony. Based on a major scale, so in a ma- like in G major, G major is one, A minor is two, B minor is three, C major is four, and so forth. But instead of being Roman numerals, like you would have in in music theory, it's just like number one, two, three. Mm-hmm. So, and what we usually do is like lifting the hand up in the air, like one. F- like if you lift up your index finger, that's one. one. That's a tonic. Yeah. That's and if you put up four fingers, that's the that's four the chord. Four. Yep. And then if you put up five fingers, that's five. And there's other, there's it's almost kind of funny because it's there's other cues and symbols for it, but it basically it's a really simple way to communicate a song form quickly and efficiently. So and you know, it's important to also, you know, like Kara said, be aware of the keys, to convey the keys quickly. Intros, you know, sometimes intros start with maybe playing through the song one time instrumentally. So you want to click you can't expect that people are gonna know that. So it's best to communicate that up up front.
0: Well, that's the beauty of blues is that yeah. the form is so basic. You know, not to say that it's easy to play a blues shuffle. It is it is an art, yeah. For, especially for a purist. But, you know, that being said, we can jam on blues because it's a standardized mm-hmm. format and mm-hmm. we can communicate things that are non-standard to each other. So, um, you know, if there's going to be... You know, uh, a different, you know, time, different number of verses or, you know, if there's going to be some stops or breaks, Mm -hmm. you know, learning how to um, lift your head up and watch for those things. Because you can can say, I want to do, you know, this song with this title by this artist. That's really live band karaoke. Um mm-hmm. A jam is where you say it is a shuffle in you know e minor or whatever mm-hmm. and people will know what you're talking about, and so if you're talking about oh well i'm going to go to a professional music jam and do this thing you you'll want to know how to jam on a standard format and so I always say mm-hmm. at the beginning of the jam that that you know it's really a key tempo and magic, and that magic is your professional experience that you have honed over many, many years mm-hmm. doing that grind thing. Yeah. I know you wanted to talk about that. Um, and your artistry and passion that you have brought to the stage. So that magic can be broken your
1: down. Your spirit. I think, your spirit. I think that's yeah. what... Your soul. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's I mean, it's
0: music from the soul.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and and I think uh, the thing that I learned in Nashville about the blues, because i known, obviously, like, I was really into the Rolling Stones growing up. So <laughs> I, I had gone back and listened to all the guys that they liked. So Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, all that. And then when I actually got to Nashville and I started like regularly playing blues music at these jams, the blues is deceptively simple. Yes. It's simple in theory, in music theory. But the thing that you can't be taught about the blues is that it's about feel. Yeah. Like you have to feel it. And I know one, one problem that I frequently encounter with my own personal things is like getting really up in my head and, mm-hmm. and like overthinking really simple things. Oh, that
0: happens and, for everyone. That yeah. Happens for vocalists too.
1: And I think um, at times like I've I felt like, you know, I've walked off stage and everyone's been like, great job. You sounded great. And my playing to me, it, it'll, feel, it'll feel stiff, you know, and mm-hmm. that's what I really like um, is having those moments where I'm like kind of uncomfortable <laughs> and not very pleased with what I, I just did. And that's where I think where the grind comes in because it makes you want to keep going back every single week. And like anytime after I've really ate shit on stage is like I've wanted to be back the next week. He's like, I have something to, something yeah, to prove. Yeah, stuff
0: to prove, yeah. I totally relate to
2: that. So what I was going to say here, because I think you've alluded to it as far as moving to Nashville and how tough it is here. I've been in Nashville since early 2000s. My wife and I moved here from South Florida. And I, you know, I have a little bit of hindsight Living here this long, you know, I've been fortunate to do things that are really cool musically. I've also done just regular work. I mean, I, I built amps for six years, I worked in telephone tech support, but I've also done some really cool music stuff. I produced records for people, co produced stuff, did a lot of sessions. Um, I've had some cuts on people's records. So I've, I've, I've th- I'm thankful I've been able to experience some of the musical parts of Music City. And if somebody's like, listen to this and they're like, well, I want to move to Nashville in 2018, should I do it or not? I'll say, well, you can, but keep in mind that the paradigm in the music industry is changing. It's changing every month, and there's not as much work as there was. So if you're going to come here, make sure you have a really clear vision. Like if you want to do this, and I'm doing air quotes professionally, um, make sure you really know what you want to do it's it's glamorous sometimes on TV you watch the voice and you think that you're gonna you know have a career and that doesn't happen oftentimes I mean you have to come here if you're i'm gonna I'm gonna play the guitar player card let's say you were guitarist the ones who come to Nashville in 2018 and you want to do this for a living I, I I'd say make sure that you're cool with working. A day job of any kind, or multiple yeah. day jobs to pay your bills, yes. expecting that you're not gonna, ex- expecting right. you're not going to get a gig for however long years. It yeah. could years. be years. It years. could be a month. Could be. Um, also, keep in mind that it's it's a young town, and I'm saying this honestly because if you're moving here at twenty, you'll have more opportunities to participate in commercial music than if you move here when you're twice that age. And it's because the, the what's the the, the last part, what's left of the music industry that's still making money. When Nashville is mostly country and a little bit of Christian, the Christian part is is a whole different genre and category. But in country, the touring artists that that are you know they usually have younger bands, and sometimes unfortunately when that artist turns. In their 40s, they usually (laughs) lose the old guys in a band and get new guys to take their place. Well, case in
0: point, you know, there's a... I won't name names, but he's a wonderful human being who's a bass player for a famous country artist. Mm -hmm. 20-something years. That artist fired his entire band for younger guys. Yeah, He said... "I, I met him jamming. I mean, here I am, This you know white girl from Boston, who's you're like, oh, I'm nervous to go on stage. This guy's been playing stadiums and award shows and yeah. television for 20 years. He said to me, Kara, I don't know anything else. What? What is he going to do? He he went to jams yep. and got other work to do. Exactly. So, you know, it, jams are relevant for the new person, and they're relevant also for people who've been around forever and especially it brings them together. Especially those old guys yeah. and girls. Shout out to y'all, and that's not yeah. an age thing. Some of you don't have social media presence. How does anybody know who you are? Yep. When, you know, you haven't played Broadway for two years, five years, ten years. This town forgets. Oh yeah. And you have to stay out there and relevant. Even our road dog guys You know, they get stuck doing the same 12 songs every night for, you know, 150 shows a year. They come back, they're like, oh my God, I want to play something else that's not country or something that's not on this album, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, uh, you know, the jam is an opportunity to bring people together um, who do have that Uber experience that very few of us will reach. And even if we do... You have to keep perpetuating it. It's not something that lasts forever. It's not an eternal flame. You're only as good as your current project. That's why people, you know, they're still releasing albums. U2 is back on tour, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to keep it going. That money doesn't last. It's not consistent. And so, you no. know, you, in addition to having a vision, it needs to be a reasonable, real-life
1: Realistic.
0: Realistic vision.
1: Super important. Applicable.
2: Yeah, so it's gonna be like you said, a realistic vision. Uh, if you're younger you might have more chances to get in a commercial band. I I would also say that look at your competition. Look who the people that you're gonna go up against. I mean everybody's got a YouTube channel nowadays. You know find out who's touring in a band that you wanna be in, who's if you're one of if you wanna make a living as a touring person, you know, look at if if you wanna tour with a country artist, who's Who's playing guitar for Luke Bryan? Who's playing guitar for Blake Shelton? Shout out to Bo Tackett. But uh, <laughs> who's, you know, who's playing guitar and what are they doing? How are they hustling? How? What's their YouTube channel look like? What's their? Instagram? What kind of mentality do they? What have? kind of mentality yeah. do they have? You know, what kind of gear do they have? I mean, yeah. that's a whole nother topic. But you, I'd, I'd say if you're going to do your homework, figure out all those expectations, and and, and set yourself the expectation. You may not get a gig for a while, and I'm cool with working a day job. Then by all means, come to Nashville, get plugged in be cool, be easy going, and then you may, just the doors may open amazingly, but I, I, I'll say that you're probably going to get disappointed because yeah. it's just not a lot of room. It's not because we don't want you here. There's just, there isn't enough paying work for everybody. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's really disheartening. So you have to really be confident that this is a life path that
1: you're cho- choosing to do. And you know, it's a gamble. It really it kind is. kind of, it kind of chooses you. Yeah. I think for me, like I knew if I moved here, like, I was living up in Maine, and it was kind of a miracle that, like, the whole situation of me getting here, which is a long story, but I knew I was going to be coming to a place saturated with musicians. What I wasn't expecting when I came here, I thought everybody was going to be, and this is, I think, one of the discouraging things about Nashville. I thought everybody was going to be really excited to play music all the time, and that's <laughs> not necessarily what I found. And Val, you said something yeah, actually wow, to me. me too that was that was really valuable. Um when I started kind of jamming with, with Grady and Alex and, and Ashley Chapman, you were like, enjoy it. Enjoy being able to jam and play with people who are your friends because unfortunately in Nashville it doesn't always happen. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the experience of you guys getting together and just playing. And with without any bullshit, without any extra stuff or anything like that. And that that to me was like that was really eye opening because I finally found that and that was after I'd gone gone to the jam for a little while and like one night we just all ended up on stage together. And then that's when the magic kind of happens I think at the jams, but
0: that is the magic right there. There
1: is something to, to be said for, you know, you got to expect that your expectations aren't going to be met of whatever it is you think is going to happen. Um, and that was the I think the biggest thing for me since I've been here is like just kind of that kind of made me feel down for a long time because I thought everybody was just going to be super amped to play music twenty four seven, just want to jam, that's yeah.
0: Exhausting.
1: But there's a there's a burnout that happens, yeah. and it's like how do you, how do you guys stay keep it fresh for yourselves and how do you not get burned out? How do you stay disciplined even when you feel disheartened?
0: Well, my day job burns me out. <laughs> So it is a refreshing experience to go on Tuesdays and be around people who bring passion and energy and lively, you know, personalities. Um, I wanted to just sort of tack on to what you were saying uh, before about the social media thing and checking out your competition. There is one player who is an amazingly good guitar player, Mr. Dan Weck. Shout out to Dan,
1: mm-hmm. who guest on the podcast.
0: Guest on the podcast. Yeah, with Dan Monaco, oh, the, dance. Right. the, yeah, dance. the dance. Dan's. Yeah, the Dan's. Dan's are Dan's. Episode Marco, 14. Our place keys for us too. And um Dan talked with me a little bit about sort of like how to get himself established as a guitar player in town. I'm like, "Well, you're you're already jamming. That's great. You're already networking. That is awesome." And I was like, when I tag you in posts, it's Dan Wecht something or other. I don't even know that you're a guitarist from your Instagram page. So you do have to be aware of how you brand yourself for how people see you. Because when Kara posts a you know, jam video clip or whatever, guaranteed there are people checking out your page. You know, especially if you're a special guest. A lot of people have talked about. You know, they've gotten you know a bunch of new likes on their social media because they've been a featured guest. And you know, you really want to make sure that when you are put in that spotlight, that what people see is what you want them to see. So Dan changed his page to Dan Wecht guitarist. Mm-hmm. So and now there's guitar stuff on it. So you do have to identify yourself as what you want to be, um, and actually. That ties in with what we were just talking about, about how to keep it fresh is sharing information like that with young artists who come in and are like, I have no idea what I'm doing, I lost, you know, and sitting down with them and saying, okay, stay away from sex, drugs, women, (laughs) (laughs) alcohol, you know, be focused. And be driven. And there are some people I don't have to tell that to. They got here day one. They hit the ground running. Did it. Meg Williams. Oh, my gosh. Shout out to Meg. (laughs) Shout out, Meg. We love you so much. She arrived. And like a minute later, she was playing every night of the week everywhere. And she shows up everywhere consistently. And she's always good. I've never heard her have an
1: off night once. She's a
0: phenomenal guitar player and just a lovely person. So, you know, and there's that goes back to that whole attitude thing. So, you know, keeping it fresh is watching people like you who I once was a person like that coming here wide-eyed and, you know, starry-eyed looking around going, ooh, magic, and not knowing where to find it. So being able to say, hey, you, over here, let me share this with you. Let me give you some context for this. And that's great that we've, you know, shared so many valuable things you know, on this for for people who want to think about moving to this area to make that type of change. Um, You know, being able to sort of shepherd people. You know, at the end of the day, like, I'm not a super marketable artist. I'll put it out there. Sure, I can sing some and I can lead a band some and my band is better than I am. They are amazing and I am ridiculously honored to play with them um i'm not gonna be a super duper star i i have a a mortgage and uh actually i made my last car payment today yay me but you know congratulations i I have bills thank you i have bills and i don't have the time to invest in being a 100 full-time artist because then i think to myself well like the guy who got cut from that famous country band what I, I quit my day job, I go on tour for the summer, then what? Yeah. You know, it has yep. to perpetuate itself. Then what, itself. yeah. So, you know, and, and if you do, if you have marketed yourself and you are a musician, like Val was talking about before, there's so many things you can do that are not just playing on a stage, which I think is great when that you told him to, you know, enjoy it because you don't always yeah, get that opportunity. and you. I want to talk a little
2: about that because this ties to the burnout question because, uh, you know, Care's being really humble talking about oh you know and I appreciate the compliment the band but you're a killer <laughs> vocalist and, and, and that and you've grown as a singer Thanks, your ma'am. tone your pitch your time all that stuff and frankly if you wanted to do it commercially full time you could you're but you know it's a season of life that right now you're cool with just in this role this dual role working day job yeah. and running this jam well, also, but what you bring at the jam yeah, like the you are bringing a pro level vocal thing. And we do have the the EP out there. Yeah. So, like, you can be, you can have a day job or something else and still be at a high musical level. You don't have to do it full time to be good. And, And like I was telling Taylor when we had this conversation about enjoying it, to prevent burnout, at whatever stage you are, if you're doing a day job you hate and you have to do that day job for six months, well, then reach out to friends and people around you, play some music that drives you. Yeah. Yes. you know uh, the blues jam is like there's cats that come to our jam that may not be blues players but it's it's an opportunity for them to play uh, like for me personally I, I can't mention a jazzy thing I, I love playing jazz music so I, good. P- I play jazz fusion so I have a couple of, I'm thankful to play with guys that we have an instrumental fusion projects Romeo Hill quartet I also have a trio with Wes Little and Brian Allen so for me burnout means playing different styles of music mm-hmm. but uh, you know, if you don't have that outlet right the second when you move to town, just fine. You'll be surprised how many. Like the funny thing is, I have friends of mine that tour with major touring artists that play the same twelve songs every night, and for them, like, they they get a breath of fresh air being able when they're off the road to get together and like jam like people like in an indie band, or play like an uh, obscure prog record. Or just play jazz standards with some friends just to get that. So the whole thing to is... To have like, fun doing Yeah, like if, if your music... I'm, I'm only going to use burnout in the sense of musical burnout. Like if, if your music is burning you out, just find what music excites you and pursue it. If you can't play in a band, learn a tune, Transcribe a solo in that style. Uh, I bet you though, if you reach out to people in, on Facebook in the national area, you'd be surprised how many people will have similar interests. Like if you're like, I want to play in, in, you know in in a funk cover band, I wanted to do like tower power covers. you'd be surprised how many people are doing that yeah, yeah. and you
0: know in even this random fusion stuff like we had uh, a special guest this week was King corduroy yeah. Shout out to Kurt McMahon, who's just a just a lovely person mm-hmm. and a phenomenal artist guitarist harmonic player singer composer and um his stuff is like stacks and electric blues and Soul music all combined together. I have other friends who are... They are songwriters, rock and rollers, and hip-hop artists. They created something called Folk Hop. It's a band <laughs> called Third Class. Shout out to my Third Class brothers. I love you guys. Threes forever. And, <laughs> um, I mean, there's stuff that's not quite heard of yet because no one has ever heard it before. It's completely no. unique new stuff. And actually, that that's one of the things that I personally love most about a jam. Like, if I could say the number one thing I love about a jam that's so magical about it to me, is you will never, ever in your life hear that song like that ever again. It is completely unique artistic creation every single time, every single song. Because they're different players, different levels in their artistry, different you know, vocalists, or you know, impressions, or styles, or you know, it's just a completely unique animal, which I just think is a, a a fantastic thing, and that's why I also do that social media, getting video clips, because you know we capture a piece of that magic every week, and then of course on my on this day, every Wednesday, I get last year's jams, and I'm like, oh gosh, remember when so-and-so, you know, hit the stage, like, you know, when Dan Wecht hit the stage with Meg Meg Williams for the first time, you know, You know, you, you see, you think, gosh, so much has happened in a year, this is where we were, this is the magic we created then, and this is what we're doing now, and what does that mean? over many years you know lord willing we can continue this jam the country nashville is going to undergo a change at the end of december it's going to have a new name it's going to have a new interior this is brand new news he's got a shocked face yeah so we will roll with it i've spoken with um the phenomenal manager lee huber i love you he's an he's been our champion a great great person thank you lee um he talked to me today And um, the owners are selling the venue. So we think we've got a pretty good piece of programming on Tuesday nights. Uh We are going to roll with whatever changes the new owner has. His name is Jeff, he is a songwriter. So he loves the concept. So hopefully, you know, we'll be able to talk with him about what we've been doing. And we also have documented evidence for two years of everything that we have done and all the people that have come out. So, you know, proven track record. And if not, I mean, this, the magical piece of it that's been created, that will be perpetuated. Whether we have a new venue or we change the name, that heart, which is really you guys. It's the jammers that come and give up their time, you know, for a little chance to create a unique piece of art on stage without those two songs that they get or three songs mm-hmm. and you know, being willing to do that with a great attitude in the hopes that it may lead to something, you know that jam, pro Tuesday pro blues jam in the country in Nashville, unique thing will be perpetuated wherever. However, it may change with different features.
1: On a closing note, is there anything you would like to share with the people who regularly are just passing through who come to the jam on Tuesday nights? Is there is there anything you want to say to them? Is there anything you want to share with them? Anything like that?
0: My gosh, if I can try to not cry. Um, with joy, um, I, I, and I think... I probably don't see how far I've come because I'm me. I see myself every day. Um, But all of you that come out on a regular basis and make it what it is, all of you are appreciated. You are cared for. You are loved. You are admired. You are inspiring. And it's just such an honor and pleasure to have the opportunity to create a forum for you to share your gifts. And shout out to our friends from all over the globe that come in, Gary Johnstone Mm -hmm. from Scotland, Tommy Stead from England, Lucy Hammond from Portland. Um, You know, we've got, uh, folks, we've got Monkey Junk coming down from Canada next year. You know, Jay White from Texas, He and his wife are uber fans now. Angela, the drummer from uh, Cleveland, you know, just, we've, we've just enjoyed so much sharing this same dream and passion, um, it really, the jam fam thing is real, and we really, um, it's a, it's a really beautiful thing that's been done, so...
1: Well, Thanks. I personally say thank you. I know all of the people that you've mentioned, all the people that have ever gone on stage in the country, they feel uh, similarly. Um, but I wanted to share a quote with you. I, I had reached out to a lot of different people uh, uh, just asking them about it. So shout out to everyone I asked to ask me a question. <laughs> I didn't ask any of those questions tonight. But Larry Van Loon said something about you guys that I wanted to share. Oh, Larry. So he said...
0: Terry is subbing for us next Tuesday night, the 21st.
1: Perfect. Um, I've, I've seen blues jams turn into places of contention in some towns but I have most certainly seen them enhance the music scene and the sense of community in others and that's what Larry shared about you when I asked him so thank you very much for coming on if you're listening to this and you're thinking about move, moving to Nashville, come out on Tuesday night uh, at the country soon to be renamed <laughs> um, and check out Caribbean Blue guys, thank you so much for coming yeah, on my pleasure, thanks, dude. thanks for nice. having us